Welcome to the Ministry Collaborative Podcast. An ongoing conversation with ministry leaders about embracing complexity and uncertainty with joy and faithfulness. Friends, this is Adam Borneman with the Ministry Collaborative. I'm so pleased to be with my friend Ayana Teeter, who is Associate Dean of Students Information at Pittsburgh Theological Seminary. She is a parish associate at Eastminster Presbyterian in Pittsburgh, and most importantly to me, she's on our board and our advisory board and just kind of like on call for when we want to have valuable input from a trusted (laughs) colleague. So I'll put the podcast conversation today in that category. Ayana, thanks for being with us. I'm so happy to be here with you. I'm happy for this conversation. Ayana, I want to jump right into just this time of year, Advent and Christmas, and our team has been thinking about digging a little bit deeper into some of the themes that emerge during this time of year and maybe to think more carefully about the implications of those themes for life and ministry and the formation of ministry leaders and you know anything else we want to put on that list. We've been thinking especially about the nearness of God and the mystery of always proclaiming that God is here now with us. Carl Barth used to say things like that, that the real mystery here is that God is here, God is now, hmm. and that there's a revelation in that that we are to wake up to. And yet there are days where I find it hard to wake up to that, hard to believe that, but I want to. So um, if you could just kind of solve this massive theological conundrum for us, that would be wonderful. Glad to, Adam. (laughs) So what do you think when I say that? Yeah, the reality that God is here and that God is coming. I mean, when you first started talking, I just thought, okay, we're waiting. We're waiting. What does it mean to be formed as a people in waiting? Mm -hmm. As a person of color, Mm -hmm. that is a narrative that is more at my ready. You know, what does it mean to be waiting for a peace to come, waiting for a change to come, waiting for a newness to come? But, you know, this is fundamentally language that we get from our faith, where we are waiting for the one to come who will set all things right, who will bring justice. And so as we wait, your question is, well, God's already here now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is a challenge, you know? What does it mean to think about God in God's fullness here with me now? It really forces you to get really honest and really reflective and really intentional about what we are empowered to do by God's presence today. Yeah. And themes like love, things like mercy come to my mind. What does it mean that God is here now? It means that now we can live mercifully and justly and like with an abundance of love and grace. And how do we like pour that out into the world? Just as people, you know, having our souls raked over the coals, Mm -hmm. being poured out in ministry. I'm reminded of the language of already and not yet, that there's things about God's presence, God's kingdom that is already with us. Mm -hmm. I mean, if we believe what Jesus says to the disciples, that Jesus is already with us, and yet there is this not yet. And so we pray that will be done. We're asking that things that are done in heaven may be done on earth in the same way. And I find that living in that tension is difficult and also sort of liberating to know that there's still something to come. Yeah. I mean, we don't have to move so quickly past it, right? Mm-hmm. So we're living in the now. And like, what does the now mean? 
What does it mean to you? What does it mean to me? What do we have right now access to? We have power. We have power now. But then what is the not yet? Mm-hmm, what mm-hmm. is it exactly that we're waiting for? If we are empowered now, what is it exactly that we're waiting for? What are we waiting to come in its fullness? I mean, just kind of sitting with those two questions that, you know, not just like that there is a tension, but what is the exact tension that we have there? You know, some of the things I see are like peacemaking with enemies. Mm-hmm. That's like one of the biggest tensions that I see, right? Today, we have power to love our enemies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the time is coming when our enemies will be transformed right into family. If you live in that space and if you can kind of hold that space, you see, oh, I'm the thing I'm waiting for is not a great crushing, but a great transformation. Let me see if I can participate in that love. Tonight. That's hard. It sucks. But that's the tension. It is. I'm immediately reminded of the wedding feast image that we see, Mm. um, both from Jesus and also later in John's bizarre (laughs) revelation experience (laughs) at Patmos, which is quite beautiful at at points. And this is one of them. It makes me think that it's almost like the now is some really good hors d'oeuvres and maybe a glass of wine. And you think, man, I want more than this. And also, I want to share this with some people say, oh, you got to try this. And by the way, there's a feast coming too. It is something to be enjoyed now and to share and to proclaim and to just kind of live in anticipation and keep praying how long, O oh Lord, until we can sit down at this feast together. Mm-hmm. That tension is somehow joyful and really challenging at times. It's hard to wait. Yeah, but you remind me as you're speaking that like we are waiting in a glory. Mm-hmm. Really, we're waiting in, especially when you invoke John's vision, you know, the vision that he has for what is to come is like this vision of a kind of glorious unity mm-hmm. and celebration and recognition of the power of God. And in some ways, viewed through the right lens, the waiting ain't bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And The waiting is terrible. Mm -hmm. The waiting is terrible because if we didn't know what we have to come, this would seem perfect. This Mm -hmm. would seem great. And I think that's where people get caught up. It's when people are looking around and they're like, you know, things are pretty good. You know, I got the power that I want and I got the access that I want Mm -hmm. and I've got my next 10 years planned out. I mean, I think that's where we can lose momentum. Well, I'm thinking also, obviously, of people and contexts where there is just immense suffering. And how does this nearness show up there? And how does this not yet aspect of that show up? One of the things I find so scandalous about grace sometimes Mm -hmm. is that it's just offered to everyone. Mm -hmm. And I find that troubling sometimes when you go from the person who seems to have everything kind of as you describe, planned out and enjoying life. And then you go to others who are just living through hell and somehow this nearness of God is just available. Yeah. And I think especially about that this time of year, this nearness and this waiting, God's presence, but not fully. And I think part of this time of year is to sit with that and try to take all of that in. Yeah. You bring up so many different themes and ideas there, Adam. I mean, each one of those things you just said is worth unpacking. I would go back to your use of the word suffering. Mm -hmm. Like that's part of our vocation. 
is to experience and share in some of the sufferings of Christ, the heartbreak at the state of the world, the heartbreak at the fact that death is coming for all of us mm -hmm. and what that's going to mean, what that means when we experience it, when it's near to us or when we're facing it, right? And so part of our vocation is to participate in those sufferings and yet that grace is extended to us too, right? I'm glad mm -hmm. the grace is there because we have access to that same relief from the suffering that those who it seems like they're suffering more greatly than we are also have access to and that our enemies have access to that same grace is powerful, but we're always pointing toward a time when we don't have to worry about death anymore, mm -hmm. right? And I think there is a kind of ultimateness to these ideas that we're talking about. You know, we're ultimately talking about life and death here and how we are willing wow. to face the one and embrace the other and to do that each day as though it could be any day. And I don't mean the death part. I mean the life part. Like today is your day for living. How are you going to make manifest hope, mm. peace, joy, mercy, you are going to have some powerful opportunity to manifest the love of God today, mm -hmm. to live this life today. And then I hope it's not today for any of us, Adam, but like one day you'll have an opportunity to face mm -hmm. death and to do so in light of the fact that God has been with you the whole time mm -hmm. and is still there and is enabling you, empowering you at every second of that with this power to face it. Yeah. I really am grateful that you would bring that sense of ultimacy into the conversation. Cause I do think that's an important part of this time of year that often gets missed is the grace of that that's offered to us. That as soon as God shows up in flesh in the person of Jesus, it's God showing up at the intersection of life and death for us. Yes. As you were talking, I was reminded of a line that I haven't thought of in quite some time from the late Catholic theologian Hans Urs von Balthasar, who says that Jesus in his suffering and death fell so far that all of our falling would be a falling into him, mm. that even in our death, it's a descent into him who catches us and embraces us. Beautiful. Um, it is beautiful. And, and because for me, that's the whole, it's like Philippians 2, that God humbles himself in the person of Jesus all the way to the point of death. It makes me think that maybe Philippians 2 is an advent text that we haven't used as much as maybe we should tying all those things together. Yeah. It, even as you're speaking and kind of thinking about that falling back to that tension. So what does that falling into him look like when we're thinking about American politics, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. when we're thinking about Mideast war, Russian, Ukrainian war, mm. how do we take that falling, right? And apply it to the work that we're doing in our local congregations, much less the wars of the world. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a challenge there mm -hmm. for us to understand ourselves as moving in the direction of peace, grace, love at all times, even in the midst of what we got going on. It's hard to think about and wrestle with. But I think it's taking that we're always kind of falling into the love of God and applying it into all the other contexts of our lives, letting it be present, embodying it, 
What does it mean to embody it? Yeah. I mean, and I cannot help but think of Henry Nouwen's downward mobility reflections. Mm. And it makes me think again of why tying together seasons like Advent and Lent are so important. And that maybe Advent is also a time where we're more deeply reflective about that downward movement of humility so that we might be with the one who catches everyone. Moving away from the need to be relevant and spectacular and powerful and instead moving towards hope, faith, love, and joy. Yeah. I hadn't really put that together for myself before, but I wonder if that downward mobility that we've been talking about is maybe a way for us all pastors, congregations, communities to maybe look at Advent a little bit differently. Yeah, it's a beautiful image, actually. I think you could run with that, Adam. I mean, in some ways, consider... You just named some worries there almost as a throwaway line, you know, being worried about being spectacular and relevant. Mm -hmm, And sure, mm -hmm. that's real in every congregation, especially Mm -hmm. your mid-sized to larger congregations, but even your smaller congregations are focused on what is the highlight? What's the (laughs) shiny thing that we're going to perform to show the neighborhood, to show the world? But if we think about that downward falling, spiraling, whatever image we're using, that's where you are eventually going to replace the need for the spectacular with that which is joyful. I imagine part of that fall is coming in, clarifying, getting more clear about what it means to be joyful instead of successful. What is the root of that joy? Mm. What space does that occupy? What are we really joyful about? Yeah, I love all of that. And at the same time, I'm thinking about how sympathetic I am to my colleagues, because this is so hard. I mean, because, you know, so many of our inherited church traditions, I mean, they need the shiny thing this time of year. And I get that. And there's aspects of that that are beautiful and wonderful that I get excited about going to my kids' Christmas play and taking them to see the bright lights that they might have at church. And somehow, how do we take that and also move in this direction that we've been talking about? I find that to be really challenging, but a worthwhile challenge. Yeah, it's an invitation, right? Mm -hmm. It's an invitation Mm -hmm. to, in the midst of doing the nutcracker stuff with your kid or doing the community kind of festivities or doing all the adiaphora you got to do in church life. It's an invitation to be hyper intentional about why Mm -hmm. and that we're awaiting people. We are performing right now, but we're waiting. We're waiting for all of this to come in its fullness. And it's not going to look like that, but here's some things that are definitely going to show up. And justice is at the top of that list. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. freedom from fear is up there as well. Enough for everyone is up there as well. And so we have an opportunity, I think, in the midst of even our comings and goings this season to be embodying that, Adam, to be pointing back at every little school thing or whatever, you know, to be pointing back to, hey, we're really waiting. This is all just an image of a glorious thing to come. No eye has seen, no ear has heard that which is coming for all of us. That's such a good word. Maybe the best way to wrap up our conversation is with a simple greeting. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Peace, Adam. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Ministry Collaborative Podcast, a project of the Macedonian Ministry Foundation. 
the Ministry Collaborative nurtures a national network of pastors and congregations committed to faithful, creative, and courageous engagement in their communities. Our producer is Marthane Sanders. To find out more about our work of cultivating leadership that makes a difference in congregations and communities, visit our website at www.ministrycollaborative.org.